0: Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones Building in Faith
1: Don't let Satan put golden handcuffs on you Don't be bound to this world Set your heart upon heaven This life is a moment This life is soon past it's soon gone. It's soon over. And for us to live wisely in this world, we must be committed to follow Christ, full-hearted, whole-hearted, committed, not just for the moment, not living just for the moment, but living for eternity.
0: Reaching up high With arms open wide we see You're changing our lives So we can be our hands and When Satan tempts a Christian to compromise, he does so cunningly. Our enemy uses his powers of deception to make deadly sin look glittery and good. Satan's ultimate goal is to lure the foolish and unsuspecting into an inescapable trap. In today's message from Daniel chapter 1, Pastor Ed exhorts us not to be conformed to the patterns of this world by examining the life of the prophet Daniel. Daniel's faithfulness teaches us to hold fast to God, and his precepts, even when Satan tempts us with worldly pleasures. Now here's Pastor Ed with part two of today's message entitled, Life Without Compromises. Building
1: in faith. You have to draw the line and say, I'm not going to defile myself. There are decisions that you and I have to make as believers under the power of of the Holy Spirit, and say, no. In Romans 12, too, it reads, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Our mind has to be in the Word of God, focused on the God of heaven, contemplating the things of God, so that our lives are transformed and not conformed, just as real as gravity is. If you throw a ball up in the air, it's going to fall. Drop something, it goes down. Just as real as the law of gravity is the law of the pressure for a believer to conform to this world. See, we're only traveling through. We're only here for a moment. We're called to be pilgrims. And as believers, you will feel the constant pressure throughout the journey of your life to conform to this present world. Its attitude, its ways, its lifestyles. If you look at the churches in Revelation, every single one of those churches in Revelation had a particular trial that they had to overcome in their community that impacted their church. What's happening here in America is an increasing secularization. Professors don't want God or the talk of God in their classroom. The political field doesn't want to be politically wrong. They want to be politically correct, and it's politically correct to just ignore Christian debate and the voice of the church. There is pressure. If you have faith, your faith will be tested. If you believe, your beliefs will be tried. The very nature of faith, the very nature of commitment to Christ, brings you into conflict with a worldly system that is more and more anti-God and anti-Christ. What do we do in those circumstances where the outward pressure is so, so great? We can develop an inward strength to overcome compromise. We can develop an inward power. Daniel resolved not to defile himself. There was a resolve. There was a decision. Now all of us know that making a decision is easier than keeping the decision. Just think of uh, January 1st, 2015. New Year's Day. Some of you pledged to go to the gym more often. Some pledged to lose 20 or 30 pounds. Some ple- All sorts of resolutions and decisions that we try to make. We, yeah, boy, it's hard. And even more difficult our spiritual decisions because we have an antagonist. We have an adversary who would love to defeat, to distract, and keep us from following through on those decisions. How did Daniel do it? Remember, he's in a far-off land. He's in a place where his educational system that he is learning in, and he's learning the sciences and the literature, and he's learning astrology, and he's learning as a backdrop. He didn't have evolution, but he had all of these false gods. He was a polytheistic culture, a belief in many gods. The educational journey was steeped in the teachings of idolatry. How did he do it? I believe first he lived in community. You see in the biblical text, in chapter 1, verse 6, and then chapter 2, verse 17 and 18, among these were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. It says, Then Daniel went home and told his friends. So, So he was with this band of brothers that helped him run the journey. Gentlemen, you need other Christians in your life to help you live the Christian life. You need other men that will hold you into account. You need other men that will pray with you. You need other men that will ask you the difficult questions. That's why Jesus sent them out two by two. That's why Solomon said, two is better than one, and three is a cord not easily broken. And so Daniel wisely prayed with these men, talked with these men, encouraged one another. We, we need that. Women, you need that. You need to ask God for godly women around you. That will say, no, 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 we're not going to gossip now. We're going to pray. No, 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 we're not going to do that now. We're going to seek the Lord. We need the community of faith. There he is in a foreign land, Pressured. From the outside. They they tried to rob him of his identity. Now Daniel's name, it meant Elohim is my judge. That's God. The God of Israel is his judge. They changed his name to Belshazzar. It means, may Bell protect his life. They wanted to take away his religious heritage. They wanted to take away his identity they wanted to rob him of who God had called him and ordained him to be but the pressure was on each of them i think of azariah it means yahweh is my helper and they changed it to Abednego. it means the servant of nebo no he wasn't going to serve the god nebo what the scripture text is saying is don't let the world rob you of your christian identity Don't let it so pressure you that you will not remember that this world is, you're just passing through it. You're just here for a moment. You're a son, a daughter of God, and you have a responsibility to walk in holiness and righteousness and seek God's face. What they did was they wanted to wow these young men. I mean, they rolled out the red carpet. Here they had food from the Culinary Institute of Babylon. Here they had jobs that were set up for life. I mean, to have their positions meant you would own land and property, you would be well-known, you would have clout. They were giving them the best education in the world and, and giving them places of prominence. You know what they were doing? Golden handcuffs studded with diamonds. Don't let Satan put golden handcuffs on you. Don't be bound to this world. Set your heart upon heaven. This life is a moment. This life is soon past. It's soon gone. It's soon over. And for us to live wisely in this world, we must be committed to follow Christ, full-hearted, whole-hearted, committed, not just for the moment, not living just for the moment, but living for eternity. There was community that he lived in. He did something else. He remembered. He recalled. He embraced his commitments. In 610, Daniel prayed three times a day, just as he has always done, giving thanks to his God. Do you remember a baptism service? where you stood before a congregation and you were baptized in water. And it spoke of being buried with Christ, dying with him, and being raised. It spoke of dying to yourself, dying to your agenda, dying to your own will, If you're not willing to die for something, you can't really live for anything. And to be willing to die so that you might live and live for Christ. That's what baptism speaks of. Baptism speaks of living for God. We have to remind ourselves, we made a commitment to say along with Paul the Apostle. It is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. Throw aside those things that hinder so you could run the race. You've heard the saying, you can take the girl out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the girl. Or you can take the person out of the city, but you can't take the city out of the person. Well, in Daniel's case, you could take him out of Jerusalem, but you, but you couldn't take Jerusalem out of Daniel. Why? Because he was raised in Jerusalem? No. No. I remember talking to a friend of mine. His name was Gary. Gary was going through a difficult time in another church, another place. And Gary said to me, oh, I'm always going to serve the Lord. Don't worry about anything. And, And I thought, oh, boy. Gary... The human heart is so deceitful, you must guard your heart. See, Daniel developed holy habits. And those holy habits became means of grace to keep him on the right track. To help him fulfill God's purposes for his life. You could develop unholy habits or you could develop holy habits. In Timothy 4.7, Paul said, train yourself to be godly. The word was planted in his heart as a young man in Jerusalem. He had a godly atmosphere, parents and and people who trained him. Now that seed could have been choked by the cares and by the pleasures and the distractions of this world, but he guarded it. My son, give me your heart. That's God's plea. My daughter... Give me your heart. We could develop affections for God or affections for the world. We could develop a taste for the king's table, the king of this world, or we can develop a taste for the presence of God. Developing those holy habits in our lives, now, we, we can't do it in our own strength. And, and Daniel couldn't, and his friends couldn't. It was this relationship with God. It was this discipline that he had. Over the years, three times every day, he prayed. And it was busy, I'm sure. At times, he had meetings in the afternoon. But he made sure he carved out some time to pray. He made sure at night, he carved out some time to pray. He made sure he, he carved out time to be with God. As believers, we have a responsibility. Now, it's not all on our shoulders because we can't do it in our own strength, but neither is it all on God. So many people blame the devil. Stop blaming the devil. Take responsibility for your own lives. And I'm not meaning to be harsh, but I am talking the truth. God wants us to be responsible. I like the way Jerry Bridges said it. We need to learn that the Bible teaches both total responsibility and total dependence in all aspects of the Christian life. Daniel didn't live in isolation, but he did insulate his heart. We're not called to run and hide in some bunker. We are called to live in this present world. But when our heart is guarded by the word of God, guarded by our commitments, guarded by a passion for him. The pressure from out is not as great as the pressure from within. For greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Now, when you develop this Inward strength, living in community, living out your commitments, remembering your commitments, following through on your commitments, walking in your commitments. When you live in this community where you're leaning on one another, helping each other, follow God. You'll experience the reward. We will experience a reward of overcoming compromise. God had caused the officials to show favor and sympathy to Daniel. God's still in control. The hearts of men are in his hand to turn whatever way he wants. We can believe that God can do incredible things and overrule the decisions of others. And that's exactly what he's doing in Daniel's life. That's exactly what he is doing in these three Hebrew boys' lives. See, the favor of God is resting on him and God's blessing his life. Now, in verses 15 and 17, you can see how God blesses his life. It says he looked healthier, better nourished than any of the young men. God granted him, granted them well-being. Do you know when God blesses you, nobody can curse you? Do you know if God said, my favor rests on you, my hand is on you? There's nothing anybody can do to... Override that? And here these men were being blessed and they were healthier. That wasn't because of their diet. It was because of God. It was because of God's hand, His blessing upon them. It's amazing. You may be going through a very difficult time, but if God blesses you with peace, you will be strong and healthy and whole. Don't give in to the enemy's lies. Don't give in to his snares. Don't give in to his propaganda. To simply believe that you have to live in darkness overcome by the powers of darkness because of the circumstances you live in. No, no, no. A thousand times no. Because you can be an overcomer in Jesus Christ. Here he is, and he he decides, they decide to draw a line in the sand. And God says, I'm going to bless that act of obedience. I'm going to bless that walk of faith. See, they're going to stand up, and because they stand up, they're going to stand out. Had he went along with the crowd, he would have been lost in the crowd, and we would not be talking about Daniel today. When you go along with the crowd, you're lost in the crowd. When you stand with God, he will stand up for all eternity. And the story will be told. Here, he was blessed by God, and then he received success by God. In verses 19 to 20. Verses 19 to 20. The king talked with them. This is Nebuchadnezzar. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. What happened was, God blessed them. Now, I could picture some of the professors in Babylon saying, "We mentored Daniel. That's why his way he is, you know. And those three, we were the one, You know, we were their teachers. We did it." God takes you behind the scenes. The biblical writer shows you the reason for their advanced knowledge and perception to understand. God breathed on them. Now they learned the literature of Babylon. They didn't skip class, miss class, or or were absent. They were there, and God helped you to navigate through all of those things. You can be a person with understanding. And you can be able to siphon through all of that when the anointing of God is upon you and the word of God is in you. A young man uh, was saved in prison, George Suchoas. There in a prison, he read a devotional. He turned his heart towards God and he began this journey of faith. It's hard to be a Christian in prison. And then he got involved with the Bard Prison Initiative Program where they were able to earn a bachelor's degree or associate's degree, bachelor's degree, and he eventually went on for his master's degree. There, he sat in one class. The class dealt with slavery through the centuries, and it looked at... Slavery throughout the history of mankind and talked about slavery in ancient Egypt and in Greece and uh, throughout history and American slavery. And he called his professor up years later and said, I knew. I knew you were a Christian. I could just tell it. And it helped him because he felt through various professors, through various circumstances, that to be a believer and to be an intellectual were at odds with one another. And so when he sat in Myra's class, even though Myra never preached the gospel or gave her testimony, there was a presence of God about her and in the way she taught and the material she used. So Myra... Impacted him. This young man is now at Yale Divinity School working on his Master Divinity. I believe he's in the second or third year. Let me say this. Please hear me carefully. One of the great problems in the Christian community is a judgmentalism. Daniel had a different type of ministry. He walked among kings and rulers and government officials, and he knew how to dialogue and talk. Ezekiel, down by the riverside, preached fiery messages with strange, strange object lessons. Jeremiah was a voice calling a nation to repentance with weeping and tears. Each of them had their individual voices. Each of them had their individual callings. Each of them had a specific anointing for the specific task to which God had called them and placed them. Know your voice as a believer. Know your voice as a Christian. Don't expect Daniel to be like Ezekiel or Ezekiel to be like Jeremiah or Jeremiah to be like Daniel. But know God and know what He is calling you to do and that with all your heart, follow Him.
0: Follow Him. Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from Pastor Ed's series in the book of Daniel. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and select today's date from the Building in Faith media player. Again, that's buildinginfaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to buildinginfaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There, you will find all the options to share. Now, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today you've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Word of God right here on Building in Faith. Your word